If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think so many of us are at a place in life today where we don't even feel like we have permission not to be okay. But we're not as healthy as we think we are. But our spiritual health isn't a checklist of the things we're doing for God because you can't afford to not be doing okay. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Dear young married couple, have you ever been walking um, past someone at church and you ask, hey, how are you? And the answer was something like, I'm good or I'm great. And you think, are you really doing okay? That's the question we want to ask you. Are you really doing okay? And we have with us a special guest. Her name is Deborah Faleda. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she's actually been on the podcast before with Gary Thomas when they were talking about Married Sex, another book that she co-authored. And today we're talking about the book that she authored called Are You Really Okay? This is an important question that we need to be asking ourselves and the people that we love around us. So sit back and enjoy this interview. And one quick note, if you know somebody who is getting married soon or they're seriously dating, we have a resource for them that you could give to them or you could share this information with them. It's called Prequipped and it's our premarital course. Many of you may not know that we have a premarital course. It's a seven week course. We actually give it for free to all the pastors and the premarital counselors out there. Just shoot us an email. Hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. But if you want to get it as a gift for these folks who are getting married or you want to get it yourself, you can go to dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash prequipped. We'll put that in the show notes and you can go grab that resource. All right. On with our interview. Welcome, Deborah, to the podcast. We're so thankful that you've chosen to join us again for another episode. I know. The second time's a charm. Or is it the third time's a charm? <laughs> I'm sure we'll have you on a third time. Hopefully the second time. We'll, <laughs> we'll make this time a charm. Sounds oh, good. Well, last time was awesome. You guys, if you haven't listened to it yet, um, go back and listen to this. We'll put it in the show notes, but it was on married sex. We did an episode with Deborah and Gary Thomas. They co-wrote a book called Married Sex, and it was incredible. So go listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it yet. But today we're talking about this question that you ask a lot of people, Deborah. Are you really okay? Yeah. Yeah. And You know, what's interesting about that question is there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say sarcasm, but a push in that really part. Like, really, really, like, let's really talk about how we're doing, not not how we're used to answering the question. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. How are you? 
But (laughs) just stop for a minute and ask, like, are you really okay? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What's the the main uh, driving message of this of this book? What is it trying to achieve? Well, at the end of the day, I think we really struggle to take the time to come to terms with how we're really doing. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture that is very much wired and conditioned us to kind of live in that superficial realm. Yeah, I'm good. Of, mm-hmm. I'm good. And not only that, but like social media conditions us to do that even more. We present our picture perfect self and we're just yeah. so used to these bite sized images of perfection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it took 99 takes to get that one photo <laughs> we're just focused on that that bite-sized piece of perfection I'm, I'm good I'm doing all right look at how well I'm doing yeah and I think sometimes we live in such a superficial mentality that we forget to really go deep in how we're actually doing I was reminded of this truth um reading an article of a 19 year old girl that leapt to her death from the ninth floor of a college building. And she had just posted this beautiful picture of a Philadelphia sunset on her Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's a star athlete, you know, track runner, straight A student, and she wasn't doing okay. Mm -hmm. But looking at her Instagram account, you would have never known. And I think so many of us are at a place in life today where we don't even feel like we have permission not to be okay. Add to that the fact that we're Christians mm-hmm. and and it's even more of a stigma. Like I have Jesus. Shouldn't I be okay? I'm a I'm a Christian. <laughs> I, I'm walking with God, but just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're healthy. And it, it's yeah. not a prerequisite to be okay. You don't have to be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you need to get honest about the fact that you're not and then figure out how to move away from that place and, and get yourself to a healthier place. It's really good. Absolutely. What was the inspiration for starting this book and addressing this mentality? The inspiration came by default out of a place of struggle for me Mm -hmm. in my own life. Um, I, I was not okay at a different season of life and walking through the reality of anxiety, depression, panic attacks. Um, you know, I've had a history with depression. Yeah. I've had postpartum depression a few times. I had depression in graduate school when I was on a certain medication and just the buildup of stress. So I wasn't unfamiliar with mental health struggles. But yeah. I remember a time when I was, um, one of my chapters starts with me having a panic attack on a safari bus. Like out of the, I'm hanging out with my family on this fun safari adventure. And I literally start having this panic attack. My body starts to react. What I didn't know at the time was that it was reacting to a past trauma. A few years before that, I'd suffered through a a miscarriage where I almost lost my life. It was an emergency situation. I lost so much blood that I had to be rushed into emergency surgery. And, you know, within a matter of seconds, I was just minutes away from death. Yeah. And so that was a traumatic experience for me, losing a baby and almost losing my life and then having to go home and just like live your life. I have Mm -hmm. three other kids at home and I'm just having to Mm. like 
go through the motions and survive. And what you don't realize is that when you're in survival mode, your body's just trying to stay alive. Like you just have to get through it. But then years later, when life was safe and secure, that trauma needed to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. That trauma resurfaced and my panic attacks were a result of this trauma that was buried underneath the surface where my body was overreacting and let's say you know it was a hot 96 degree day I was sweating I was probably dehydrated but I felt similar feelings to that lightheadedness I felt right before I went into surgery Mm -hmm. and my body recognized wait a second you've been through this before you must be in danger and so I I went through this series of panic attacks until I kind of figured out like there's some trauma here that I need to bring to the surface and heal from. And so I remember Adam going through this hard time and writing in my journal one day. And I remember the Lord gave me a picture of my heart cracked open. You Mm -hmm. know, I read, I read a passage in a book that says trauma cracks your heart open. And I remember this picture that God gave me of my heart cracked open and out of that was flowing these words that would land in a book. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't want to write a book. I just want to get through this. Mm. Like This is miserable. I am struggling, God. I don't want to write a book about this. I just want to heal from this. Yeah. But sure enough, when I did heal, the Lord just gave me what I needed to just pour Mm. that message out and kind of fulfill that prophecy. And that's where that book was birthed out of my time of not being okay, in order to give you permission to also walk that journey of healing for yourself. Hmm. I love that story. I did not know that about the inspiration for the book. It's incredible. And now knowing that I can see your passion and where it came from, and it comes through in your podcast. Um, so for those who don't know, Deborah hosts a podcast and in this series that she did, um, she was asking a lot of mainstream pastors and ministry leaders, worship leaders and asking them, are you really okay? And so she did these on session, um, well on camera, on podcast session, yeah, it was so cool. And to hear these pastors just get real and get vulnerable uh, about, you know, either where they came from when they weren't okay and what they've done since to, you know, gain stability and accountability, or even some who weren't okay now while you're interviewing them and counseling with them. Um, talk a little bit about what kind of stirred and prompted you to start those sessions? Yeah, you know, you realize that none of us are immune to the struggles of life and mental and emotional health. And not only are we not immune, but we're not as healthy as we think we are. Like we tend to put ourselves on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and and assume that we're doing better than we really are. Mm -hmm. And what 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 I really wanted to do here is kind of just open the curtain and show everybody that we're all on this journey of healing, even people who seemingly from the outside in, like have it all together. They're out there, they're preaching, they're teaching, they're they're in ministry, they've got big platforms and spotlights and stages, big personalities. 
but every single one of them has their own journey of struggling with mental and emotional health. Every single one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was just incredible to see how each person came with their unique struggle. I mean, I remember talking with Natalie Grant about postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. Matt Chandler talked about dealing with his childhood wounds and how they came up to bite him in a season where he thought that childhood wounds was a bunch of crap, like, yeah. like really childhood wounds mm -hmm. until it affected his life and his mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. um, Christine Kane talking about the, the depression that she walked through and, and dealing with rejection and abandonment and Levi Lesko talking about his, his deep grief and, and wondering if it was like even worth it to live. I mean, We've all gone through really hard things in mm -hmm. life. And this journey of health is one we have to be intentional about. When, when we look at scripture, Jesus says very clearly, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think Jesus was really deliberate into breaking that up into four quadrants because I see as a therapist that heart represents our emotional health, soul, our spiritual health, mind, our mental health, strength, our physical health, and they all kind of work together. Hmm. But I think we as the church tend to fixate on spiritual health, Right. we yeah. just fixate on it. And we assume all the other components are just going to kind of work their way out, but we don't make that assumption with our physical health, like, you know, I don't know about your journey guys, but I'm assuming when you came to Jesus, you didn't wake up the next day with a six pack and biceps and your BMI <laughs> was just right. And your cholesterol numbers were perfect because <laughs> physical health is a journey. I mean, you guys That's look right. great, but I'm Thank still you. not going to be you know? It's so funny when you put it that way, because it seems kind of ridiculous to expect that someone would come to the Lord, receive the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden they're you know physically fit like that like, doesn't I just happen shed 10 well, pounds like said yeah. yes to jesus yesterday you know right or okay let me split that down the middle so i do think it sounds ridiculous even though people kind of i know we're making appeal to it you know ad absurdum but like your emotional definitely doesn't get sorted out i mean yes you have help i mean god never Jesus never promises that we won't go through hardship. Yeah. He promises yes. he'll be with us, that he'll walk with us, that we're not alone. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be scared as we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death mm -hmm. or that it's going to be dark in that pit or, you know, right. like, yeah. so, so yes, like your, your body doesn't get taken care of and we can actually draw lines of like trauma is in your body mm -hmm. and you need to do things about that. But how are people also shepherding or being a good steward of their emotional health. Yeah. And I yeah, love 100%. that analogy. 100% mm -hmm. because it takes work to get to a place where we're physically fit. It also takes work mm -hmm. to get to a point where we're emotionally fit. Getting physically fit involves some level of pain. You know, I've been lifting and strength training lately and there comes a point when I'm like, this is hard, Yeah, but I come out on the other side stronger. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be deliberate about putting that same level of mm -hmm. intention with our emotional health. But I've realized that most of us in Christianity don't. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. And, and we're struggling as a result of it. And I think mm -hmm. we're not only struggling mentally, 
and emotionally, but I think it's also holding us back spiritually. Our lack mm-hmm. of emotional health is holding us back spiritually. Yeah. So yeah. when I wrote, are you really okay? I actually wrote it in four different parts, emotional health, spiritual health, mental health, and physical health. Nice. Because as you know, as therapists, they all work together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's a holistic mindset. So when people come to you and they are strong Christians, you know, they've been serving the Lord for their whole life or years and years. And they say, I have a strong walk with the Lord. Like I get up every morning. I do my devotions. I, you know, go to church. I read my Bible. I help and volunteer and serve. And they say, you know, shouldn't that be enough to make me quote unquote, a happy person or have a happy life. What do you say to guide them into like what they're missing with that mindset? We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Well, what's interesting is when they walk into my office, it's usually because there's something that's not working. Right. You know, it's very rare for someone to come in and say, my life is great. You know, I'm (laughs) doing all the right things and everything's going well for me. It's usually, I've got this problem spot in my life and it doesn't make sense why I have it because I think I'm doing all the right things spiritually. Mm. And so we start with that problem spot and we start digging into it and and we help them find ways to alleviate the pain all while getting to the root of the pain. Like where could this be coming from and why and how do we get to the bottom of it? Yeah. And of course our spiritual health is part of that journey, but our spiritual health isn't a checklist of the things we're doing for God, reading yeah. our Bible, praying, going to church, plugged in ministry, because we could be doing all the right things for the wrong reason. If I'm doing those things because I'm afraid of God, or yeah. I think I'm going to be damned if I don't, Yeah. Mm-hmm. or I feel like God is just going to, you know, disown me or be disappointed in me, then, then do I really have a healthy spiritual walk? Like, mm. so it's not just the checklist. I think it's so much yeah. more of what's going on underneath the surface. And that's where we're trying to help people get comfortable with the deep end of their life, not just in the shallow superficial portions. Yeah. I love that. So, and the assumption was that well, the question Chris had just asked was, you know, the people you see in your office, but I, I would think that this would be a great question for the people that aren't in your office, like friends, loved ones, people that you meet on, you know, just wherever. Yeah. Are you really okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so hard sometimes f- for people to get out of that, like, I'm just good, I'm fine, I'm pacing the smile on. Yeah. But 
I think people would do so well just to be real with themselves and look at what they're missing right now. That's such a yeah. helpful thing. And let's be practical. Let's give people some some signs that they might not be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love you that. You know, first and foremost, if you're feeling overwhelmed more often than not, and, and not only that, but things that normally wouldn't overwhelm you, like maybe the tasks of everyday life all of a sudden feel like, oh, unloading the dishwasher, taking out the garbage, watching the kids, all of a sudden these things that I normally do going, getting up and going to work, like it feels overwhelming. Yeah. You know, that's a sign that you might not be okay. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with increased fatigue and a lack of energy in your life, you just don't have the energy. You feel like you want to sleep. And, and even when you wake up, you're not feeling rested. I mean, that's a sign that you might not be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have emotions, you, you feel like I don't have emotions, like I don't really feel much or the opposite end of the spectrum. You feel like your emotions are all over the place all the time. You mm-hmm. might not be okay. If you're having difficulty concentrating and you just can't focus, you can't seem to stay motivated on top of things like your brain is foggy or distracted or going a million miles an hour you might not be okay. There's a lot of um, emotional signs to look for with anxiety and depression, but there's also physical signs. I mean, sometimes you go through this rut where you're, you're, you're not cluing in to the signals your emotions are giving you. So your body has to take the next step of making your physical manifestations such as migraines and body aches and muscle pains. And yeah. you've gone to a million different appointments and everything's checking out, but you're still struggling physically. Sometimes that physical manifestation is a an emotional struggle underneath the surface that you haven't dealt with. Yeah. So there's a lot, yeah. there's so many signs and symptoms we could go through, but just some things to get your brain like, okay, am I really okay? What do I mm. even look for? Those are some yes. things to kind of have your eye open to the fact that you might not be doing well. So good. Okay. So someone's listening to this. They're asking the question. They're like, okay, yeah, I can, I could definitely identify some of those things that you just now said. Um, all right. So what does the book do next with, with someone that's ready to kind of take that first step of Mm. challenging that I'm just good mentality? Well, the book takes you on a, fairly significant journey of, you know, I call it like 12 counseling sessions in a book because each chapter unpacks a new concept of health Mm -hmm. and then gives you a a check-in at the end where you have homework assignments and questions to ask to really get to the root of how you're actually doing in each of these individual areas and what to do next. There's activities in there such as taking a stress inventory where you actually have to map out your stress levels and give yourself a score. Mm-hmm. You got to face some of that stuff. There's another activity where you do a timeline and go through some of the trauma that you've been through or start recognizing some of the patterns and cycles that have been passed down to you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a genogram and seeing like, nice. what are the influences in my family and how have they impacted me? Uh, wow. Facing some of your negative thinking and writing things down and keeping track of your what we call in counseling cognitive distortions, which just mean you're unhealthy thinking and yeah. recognizing is this, am I living out of 
trauma or living out of truth and like facing some of those traumas. So it takes you on a journey of emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical health. And I think gives you some questions to ask to help move you in the direction of healing. And so my goal and my hope is that you feel like you just had 12 counseling sessions with me. That's my hope, you know. Well, and the things you're listing, folks, like these are things that we do in counseling sessions. So what a deal to go get a book and not only assess how you're doing, but then have all these interventions at your fingertips to work through this. Now, that's not to say don't get counseling, but this right. is a that's great start. But yeah, I love this concept of having all of these tools right at your fingertips in your own home that you can do for yourself and then share them with friends that also put the mask on and act like they're okay, but they're not. Yeah, and and not only that, but I think sometimes when you start dealing with some of those things, you realize there's more to deal with. And so maybe you don't think you need counseling and you start reading. I mean, there was one of my favorite messages was a girl who said, I thought I was okay until I started reading this book and I realized that I'm not. And I realized there's things in my past that I have been repressing and ignoring and not dealing with. Mm-hmm. And this process, this journey of moving towards healing actually encouraged her to get plugged in to counseling. And so nice. whether you see Adam and Carissa, whether you come to me and my team, whether you find a local counselor in your neck of the woods, like get plugged in yeah, and start that process of doing the the work of getting emotionally and mentally healthy because it's not an automatic process, but it's one that the Lord will journey by your side and give you what you need to get stronger and healthier and out the other side. Yes. So if someone's listening and says, well, you know, I'm a leader or I'm a pastor or if the people who, you know, I serve or people who follow me know that I'm not okay, then I will lose credibility or I'll lose, you know, my ministry. It's not okay to not be okay. Yeah. How would you guide or encourage those people who just feel like, man, I can't let this out? You know, a lot of people do feel that. And that's the sad reality is they feel like they have to hide and stuff it and pretend and put on that facade. Um, and, and the problem just gets bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper. And and so the beautiful thing is I have actually witnessed the exact opposite happen. I feel like that is a lie from the pit of hell. Like you just mm-hmm. have to pretend that you're doing okay because you can't afford to not be doing okay. But you can't afford to not be honest with yourself and your healing journey you can't afford to risk it all and lose everything because you're not caring for yourself when you're not caring for yourself you cannot effectively care for others and not only that but i've noticed that the people who do share how they're really doing have been the most inspiring examples to other people of what it looks like to then do the work in their own lives. When pastors and leaders have come forward through these online sessions and said, listen, I'm struggling and here's how it played out in my life. I need help. I'm in therapy. You know, Mike Todd was one of the the guys on there recently. He's like talking about how he just started therapy. He used to think it was like a taboo. And he's like, man, my life has changed because of therapy. That's awesome. And guess what? That healing 
has now overflowed into his people, into his tribe, into his That's congregation. Yep. Because he, the healing is the, the overflow. Ministry is the overflow of our yes. personal health. Mm-hmm. And when you get healthy and you give permission to the people who are under you to begin getting healthy. I mean, imagine what that could do to your church. Imagine what that could do to your town. Imagine what that could yeah. do to your to the world. Um, So I I challenge you and and tell you that you can't afford to pretend. Yes. So good. Yeah. It's real. It's being a leader. It's asking leaders to lead in that that domain, which is not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And who of us don't struggle at some point? I mean, mean, masking it and pretending isn't fooling anybody. It's just Mm -hmm. making us feel less approachable and less right. real and less authentic because we're all on this journey together. I mean, none That's of us right. are immune. It doesn't matter your race, your age, your gender, mm. your faith, how long you've been walking with the Lord. Like yeah. in this world, you will have trouble instead of being scared of it and trying to hide it. Let's just prepare for it and yes. lead into the process. Yes. So good. And well said. Mm-hmm. Deborah, where could people find you and find your awesome book? Well, you can find Are You Really Okay anywhere books are sold. Um, the podcast is called Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda. And the counseling resources and the counselors team is at deborahfaleda.com slash counselors. Just a few different things for you to just realize that even if it's a baby step, what does it look like to take one step towards healing emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically? Um, and, and, and I'm cheering you on. I'm excited for you to start this process yes. because you're becoming stronger as you're leaning into these things and, and moving toward healing from the inside out. Beautiful. Well, we are going to link each of those uh, resources in the show notes, the book, the podcast, and the counselors list. So you guys can go to the show notes to find all of that information. We're going to close out our podcast, Deborah, with uh, a question that we've asked you before, but we'll ask you in this context. And it's the same question we ask all of our interviewees as we close. And that is rewinding back to the first couple years of your marriage. What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Dear young married couple, I wish I would have known that my personal health impacts the health of my marriage. And and when I'm healthy standing alone, it overflows into the health of my relationship. Mm. So good. Hear it. (laughs) Thank you so so much, Deborah, for being with us, for sharing your heart. It's obvious that you are um, not only trained, but passionate and called by God to send this message all over the world. And so we are just grateful that you came onto the podcast to share your message with us. Oh, and thank with our you tribe. guys for having me again. And thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, uh, thanks, Deborah. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. 
We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.